Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live from the palatial yet not overly ostentatious studios of CBS Sports Radio here in beautiful New York City, sitting on top of the 10th floor of 345 Hudson Street. Welcome on in to a Tuesday edition of the Zach Gelb Show across all the great local CBS Sports Radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Channel 158, the free Odyssey app, and of course, streaming on YouTube, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS, the number to jump on in, 855-212-4227. You could always get at me on Instagram, where I'm straight flexing, or via the good old cesspool of Twitter, at Zach Gelb, that's Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B, Got Carlos with the K, Stuart Kovacs, rocking and rolling all the way with me up until 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Logan Ryan of the San Francisco 49ers is going to stop by at the top of the hour. Two-time Super Bowl champion looking to win his third Lombardi trophy two weeks from now. And then in the final segment of the show at 5.40 p.m. Eastern, 2.40 p.m. Pacific, we'll be joined by a man that just wrapped up his second year in the NFL. He plays for the Buffalo Bills. Had nearly, or had over 1,500 all-purpose yards, and that is James Cook of the Buffalo Bills stopping by. So I got to start off the show today with the surprising news that the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, Ben Johnson, is staying with the Lions. Now, this is a shocker. This is really a stunner. Everyone thought that he was going to the Washington Commanders. It wasn't a matter of if it was going to happen. It was a foregone conclusion, and it was just dependent on when the Detroit Lions were going to bow out of the playoffs. And now with their postseason run over and only two jobs remaining, the Seahawks and the Commanders, and both of those teams were interested in Ben Johnson, today no one expected the domino to fall that Ben Johnson was going to take himself out of the head coaching market. And I get Ben Johnson can be selective, He's not even 40 years old yet. He is a well-accomplished offensive coordinator. Out of the guys that don't have experience out of a head coach, he was the creme de la creme name. But it is stunning that he's not taking the commander's job. Now, you could say, well, why not Seattle? Seattle has it made pretty damn well right now with the two running backs that they have, the trio at wide receiver with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba, some of the younger players in that secondary, but Geno Smith's your quarterback. So I could understand maybe Ben Johnson saying, yeah, you only need a quarterback, but they already have a commitment to Geno Smith. Maybe you don't want to go there, but I don't think Seattle's a bad destination. I actually think the Seahawks job is a very good one. But the job with the commanders, like you're looking to build from the ground up. I don't know why you would pass on that job. There is positive momentum in Landover, Maryland with the Washington Commanders. I know you don't have a quarterback, but you had the second overall pick. 
You don't have the negativity that comes with Daniel Snyder anymore because he's out of the NFL and good riddance to him as now you have Josh Harris taking over that franchise. And we know that the commanders have salary cap space. So it is perplexing to me that this is the decision. And quite frankly, I think it's the wrong decision by Ben Johnson. Like what is going to happen if you stay with the Lions? You get another opportunity to win a Super Bowl? So, okay, you may view that as a great opportunity and you think you're right on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl in Detroit, but that's not a guarantee that that's going to happen next year. And how many years are you going to start to kick the can and continue to kick the, the can down the road? And when you keep on saying no, regardless of what the reasons are, you go from being the hot candidate to then the candidate of, well, he passed a bunch of times. Who is he? And why is he passing? And is there an ego to Ben Johnson? And he keeps on passing these jobs, or maybe you fall out of out of the, the being the popular guy. And then teams just go up. I kind of had it with what comes with Ben Johnson. And now this is back-to-back hiring cycles. Last year, like, I understand why he didn't want to go to Carolina. That was good foresight. David Tepper is an absolute disaster. I don't need to say any more. But these two jobs, I would have to think, especially the commander's job, because everyone thought Adam Peters, the new GM, was hiring Ben Johnson. I don't see why you would turn down. I don't see what the upside is going back to Detroit, where now you are already the hot guy without winning a championship, why you would turn down not only the commanders, but then also potentially the Seattle Seahawks. And you know what? There was a lot of great anticipation with this hiring cycle, especially when we found out in the span of a week, week and a half of the names that were going to be available. Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, Pete Carroll, Jim Harbaugh. And we know Jim Harbaugh is going to get introduced two days from now on Thursday uh, in LA as the next head coach of Los Angeles Chargers. But it is bizarre that in all likelihood, we're going to go through this hiring cycle and Belichick's not going to get hired. Pete Carroll's not going to get hired. And maybe this decision by Ben Johnson does open up the door once again in this cycle for a guy like Mike Vrabel. But I can't sit here in great confidence and say that's going to be the case because the hot name heading into the AFC championship game for the Seattle Seahawks job, and it dropped that morning and they didn't interview him yet, was Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I'm not someone that based off one outcome of one game, I say, oh, this guy goes from being the guy to no one wants him. Seattle, yeah, they understand Mike McDonald's defense in the first half of that AFC championship game did not perform well. But then they did a good job. And then you saw it was the offense of the Baltimore Ravens that failed the Ravens season more than it was the defense. So... I guess Mike McDonald is going to be the choice in Seattle, but then also I thought it was a lock. And everyone that covers football said it was a lock that Ben Johnson was going to be the head coach of the commanders. So what I'm saying is, what the bleep do we know? Like, what the heck do we know when it comes to these hiring cycles? But the point I will make, like, look at Seattle and the commanders. You want to tell me you don't want to hire Bill Belichick because Bill is a my way or the highway type of guy and you want to get a little 
bit like the Atlanta Falcons where people in your organization get worried if they're going to have jobs a year from now when Belichick comes in and wants to do it his way. Even though I disagree with that, I can understand it. But you look at a guy like Mike Vrabel, why the heck won't he be the next head coach of the Commanders or the Seattle Seahawks? Don't get me wrong. Ben Johnson may one day turn out to be a great head coach. Mike McDonald may turn out to be a great head coach. But they're an unknown. We've never seen them, either of them, be a head coach. Mike Vrabel in Tennessee did not have a great roster. They did not have these wonderfully talented players. Like, yeah, they had some stars in Derrick Henry. But in a league where you need a quarterback to win, and when we're in a league where it's who's your quarterback, who's your quarterback, who's your quarterback, Mike Vrabel had Ryan frickin' Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill under Mike Vrabel was a number one seed and then in another year got to an AFC championship game. You never looked at Tennessee's roster and said, oh, they're loaded with an abundance of talent. So this guy could coach. And he's young. So Seattle, you get rid of Pete Carroll. I kind of think Mike Vrabel is a mirror image of Pete Carroll, except he's younger. And for the commanders, now you don't get Ben Johnson, and that was your top candidate. So I can understand, right, the commanders starting over. They want to go with a bunch of guys that you don't know what their potential is going to be or it's all sold off of potential. But now I look at the odds, and who knows what the odds mean. But your candidates right now are Bobby Slowick, Mike McDonald, Dan Quinn, Aaron Glenn, and Anthony Weaver. And don't get me wrong, Vrabel has odds of plus 900. Slowick's at plus 200. McDonald's at plus 300. Dan Quinn's at plus 500. Aaron Glenn's at 1,000. And Anthony Weaver's at plus 1,500. And Vrabel's 900. But for Vrabel right now to have the fourth highest odds to be the next commander's coach, that's ridiculous. But it just kind of gives you the, the foresight and it kind of tells you and prefaces it with saying he's not expected to be the next head coach of the Washington Commanders. And for the Seahawks and the Commanders, all I'll say is why not? Why wouldn't you hire Mike Vrabel? Like, don't get me wrong, what Bobby Slowick did this past year with the Texans was awesome. Mike McDonald has been really good at Michigan and then also the Baltimore Ravens. Dan Quinn was a solid head coach. He's deserving of another opportunity. But I'd rather have Mike Vrabel than all three of those guys. So the Ben Johnson thing, it's stunning. It really is. Because he was the top name outside of the proven guys like Harbaugh and Belichick and Carroll and Vrabel. But now this is back-to-back off-seasons, and whether it was salary, whether he didn't believe in those organizations, whether you want to believe that he's all in on chasing another Super Bowl for the Detroit Lions or their first Super Bowl for the Detroit Lions, whatever it is, it doesn't matter to me. I just don't think this is the right decision. But it's not my job. It's not my future. And he's still young. And maybe next year, he'll finally leave. But is it really worth it to stay as the OC in Detroit, which you've done a a rock star job, And that is an organization that's turning around. And even though it was a crappy end to their season, they had a great season with the Detroit Lions. 
But now your stock is as high as it's ever been. And I know someone could call me up at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227 and say, Zach, well, if he wins a Super Bowl, maybe the stock will be even higher and it'll be even higher. But what's the likelihood of that? Like the Lions are a really good team. The Lions are a Super Bowl contender next year. But Joe Burrow's coming back. Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere. You'll still have the 49ers in the NFC. Maybe the Eagles have a bounce back season. But to pass up on this now, and you're going to basically say the Seahawks and the commanders aren't appealing enough to you, then what job is going to be the right job for you? And then what is the job that you go, okay, I have to go take that job? I just think momentum is a big thing. And it's funny that we talk momentum with the week that the Lions just ruined all momentum that they had in their NFC title game. But you've now been the guy that's not proven as a head coach before the last two hiring cycles. How many more times are you going to kick the can down the road? And it's bonkers to me how the commanders and Seahawks right now aren't going to hire from what it feels like and what it appears like Mike Vrabel. Like with two jobs left, I can understand, even though I think it's stupid why Belichick isn't getting a job. I can understand why Pete Carroll isn't getting a job. But the Vrabel part where his age is, and I know he didn't get along with John Robinson, but Vrabel was right. Robinson wasn't right. It's almost like, does Vrabel not want a job? Or do these teams, and I know there's been some connections with the Seahawks and and, uh, Mike Vrabel, but these teams are really going to hire like Mike McDonald or Dan Quinn over Mike Vrabel? That just doesn't add up to me. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Also, I was listening to a little local radio last night, and I heard Mike Valenti, who works here, obviously, inside the Odyssey family, and does a kick-ass job of Boomer Esiason on that weekend show, uh, previewing all the games, and his uh, Monday through Friday gig is afternoon drive in Detroit. And I wanted to hear what the local Detroit station was saying, the ticket, about the Lions' loss. Mike Valenti made a great point, and I've never thought about it this way. He thinks that the Lions would have beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And I know that we focused so much yesterday on just them blowing the game to the 49ers. And even though the Lions beat the Chiefs in week one, the Chiefs would have been a favorite, I would like to think, over the Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl. And even though I thought this Kansas City team was vulnerable, when you hear it said like that, and clearly... I would have said that they blew a chance to go play for Lombardi Trophy. But to say that they would have won the Super Bowl, I don't think he's wrong. Because the Lions put up a ton of points. And as great as Patrick Mahomes is, and it's going to be impossible to doubt Patrick Mahomes in the big game, that Chiefs offense this past week had no points in the second half. And if you get to like 24 points, even with Kansas City's defense being really good, in all likelihood, you're going to win the game. So I don't think that's nuts for Valenti to say, not only did the Lions blow the the opportunity to play in the Super Bowl, but he really did think that they would have beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And I thought of one more thing from the collapse by the Detroit Lions. And it goes back to the aggressive topic that we talked about yesterday for pretty much the entire show. And we got some great phone calls at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. And I think the overwhelming majority of people believe Dan Campbell made reckless, stupid, idiotic, and dumb decisions in the second half of the NFC title game. At least one, if not multiple. And I thought 
running the ball in third and goal and calling a timeout was dumb. I thought when you lost the lead and you're down by three and you have a chance to tie up the game with a less than 50-yard field goal, not taking that opportunity was dumb. The one that I defended was when they were up by 14 in the second half going for it. I was okay with that. But we did have two smart football guys in Ross Tucker and Mike Golick who both vehemently disagreed with that decision by Dan Campbell. So at best, like for me, I'm going to say two out of his three decisions were wrong. But then there were people that were saying, but Zach, this is how he coached all year. Zach, this is his aggressiveness. And you got to live and die with it. Well, if that's the case, and this was just something I thought of, right before the end of the first half, they had a fourth and goal at the three-yard line. Fourth and goal at the three. One more play right before the end of the half. Why didn't he go for it there? So it was fine to settle for the field goal there, but then you wouldn't settle for the field goal or attempt the field goal later in the game. And I know the Brainiacs will tell me, oh, well, the kicker hasn't been good all year, and that was a chip shot compared to the other two where the percentages haven't been great. Okay. I can live with that answer. But don't then say, well, that's who Dan Campbell is. He's aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. And I'm not saying he isn't aggressive, but don't use the the aggressiveness to justify your point on why it was the right decision. Because if he goes for it then all the time, he should have gone for it right before the end of the first half. But he took the points, and taking the points was the right decision. And it's something that he should have at least attempted in the second half, but he didn't elect to do that. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Dan Campbell, Ben Johnson, the future of the Commanders and the Seahawks, all on the table for you. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Logan Ryan, Going to another Super Bowl. Going to join us at the top of the hour. Defensive back for the San Francisco 49ers in the final segment of the show today at 5.40 p.m. Eastern, 2.40 p.m. Pacific. James Cook will join us from the Buffalo Bills. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, it is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We will be broadcasting in Las Vegas all throughout Super Bowl week starting next week. Monday through Friday, we'll give you five kick-ass shows. We're getting some of the biggest names 
around the sports world to join us on Radio Row from 12 to 3 p.m. Pacific, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern, right here on CBS Sports Radio. So going to be a fun five days in Vegas next week. We'll get you a lot of content, obviously, on the air and then off the air as well. So I did uh, go to Baltimore for the AFC Championship game on Sunday. And with two minutes left in the fourth quarter, they make an announcement in the press box. If you are a media member and you want to go on the field for the post-game celebration, line up right now at the south entrance. And I was like, you know what? I don't need to go on the field. And the reason why I didn't want to go on the field is because I actually didn't think there was going to be a trophy celebration on the field. Because my memory, at least, whenever, like when I rooted, when I uh, saw the Patriots uh, beat the Chiefs and I was watching from home, my memory of it was the trophy presentation when a road team wins was kind of like done in the locker room. It wasn't done on the field. So I'm like, uh, maybe the media people are wrong here and they're going to bring everyone down there and then they're not going to, Get They're going to bring people on the field, and they're going to be like, oh, it's off to the side, the trophy presentation. Now, looking back, that was a massive mistake from your boy because it never crossed my mind in a million years that Taylor Swift, with just how many probably security is around her, was going to make her way from whatever luxury box she was in to then on the field. So I kind of blew that opportunity to be in the same area as uh, one Taylor Swift. Now, I ended up going to the post-game press conference room and was in the first row and got a lot of other content that's probably more important that way. But I think from the average person, right, because we're football people, but from people that necessarily aren't what we do, they probably care more about Taylor Swift than the actual football. And I don't know about you guys. I'll ask Carlos this because I know Stu is a Swifty. So Stu, everything he's going to say is going to be biased. Does the coverage of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's relationship, does it annoy you at all when you're watching the game? No. Uh, to be honest, I don't think I've really noticed it too much. And yeah, I see a couple of extra shots that, you know, they get her reaction. But mm-hmm. I actually think this is great because there are, a I lot, love it. there are a lot of non-football fans, you know, especially in the female demographic, that are paying attention to the Chiefs specifically, but the NFL overall. Like, I have a goddaughter who's not interested in football at all. I've tried to talk to her about it. I try to have her sit down with me, watch a couple games. Until a couple weeks ago, she never cared. Now she actually told me, she texted me and told me that the Chiefs had beaten the Ravens in the Ah, AFC Championship game. That's cool. I'm like, how do you know? And she's like, oh, I was watching because of Taylor Swift. And, And here's the thing. I don't understand people that are freaking out, losing their mind over this coverage. I just saw Awful Announcing put out a tweet. And it said, how many seconds Taylor Swift was actually shown on the CBS broadcast? You want to take a guess? This was Sunday's AFC Championship game. Chiefs, Ravens, how many times in terms of seconds, how long did CBS show Taylor Swift? You want to take a guess, Carlos? I'm going to go with seven. Okay. Stu? I was going to go more than that, but not too much. Maybe like 25 seconds. 44 seconds. Wow. So not even a minute. Not even a minute of actual broadcast footage being shown of Taylor Swift on Sunday. And look at the reaction that it causes. And I know that this has now been politicized, just seeing the cesspool that is Twitter. Like, I'm not saying I'm the biggest Taylor Swift fan in the world. I like her. I have no reason to dislike her. But the fact that she's dating Travis Kelsey and she gets shown 
what's the downside to it? What is everyone freaking out about and losing their mind? Football's a man's game. This is this is where I come into my cave and eat my raw meat and my beer. I don't want any Swifties around here. Sundays is for me. It's just stupid. It really is. And think about it. I go to the Super Bowl every year. That Monday night, the opening night of the Super Bowl, is a circus. You have people dressed up in costumes. You have people asking the players like the craziest questions. We allow all that to go on. But then Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are dating, and it's, oh, this is disgraceful. Uh, You show them way too much on my broadcast. This is not my football. Like, what? It was 44 damn seconds. 44 seconds. And that's what people are bitching and complaining about. Like, I think now we just live in a world where people like to just say they get offended and they like to slam people. And don't get me wrong. I love a good rant. I love freaking out over something that is so trivial. But what makes you really get going and so fed up over Taylor Swift dating Travis Kelsey? I think it's great. And also, anyone, and I know now, especially with betting, everyone has a conspiracy theory. Everyone has a reason to try to justify their losing bets. You know, if betting was so easy, trust me, I wouldn't be doing this for a living. And I love what I do for a living. I'd be sitting on a big bag of cash and a big pile of cash, and I'd be laughing to the bank, and I wouldn't be working. I would just be placing sports bets. But now... It's like people are going to say, the NFL rigged this. And I know it's a cheesy joke. Everything's scripted in the NFL. No, Lamar Jackson just couldn't show up in a big spot. The Bills can't win a big game to save their life. That's why the Kansas City Chiefs are here. The Chiefs weren't even great this year. The Chiefs were like a fine regular season team. They know how to win. They have a really good defense that I've been telling you since week three is underappreciated. And Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback on the planet. And here's the other thing. I was uh, reading that there is a betting line out there of plus 920 that Travis Kelsey is going to get engaged to Taylor Swift following the Super Bowl, like at the game. I don't don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to give you the hot take, the Zach Gelb Swifty take of the day. I do not think that Travis Kelsey is going to pop The big question at the big game. With that being said, though, and I've said this from the start of this relationship, I do think he will one day propose to Taylor Swift. And it wouldn't shock me if maybe they were dating or seeing each other a little bit longer than when it was reported. Now, I don't know how Taylor Swift ever hides a relationship because she doesn't live that far from where we broadcast. And there are people outside her apartment like 24-7. But, you know, I know you're a big fan, but get a life if we're being real. So I don't know how she would hide anything. And it's not like Travis Kelsey is some small person that you could hide. So I don't know how they would hide it. But, you know, celebrities and meetups and inner circles, there has to be some private places. Maybe the relationship has been going on a little bit longer than we thought. So I am of the belief that one day they will get engaged. Now, we'll see if they make it to the aisle. We'll see if they end up having a happy marriage. I'm not going to guarantee you that. But I do think an engagement 
will happen with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. It's just not happening at the Super Bowl. And also, let me talk to the guys out there. And maybe some people have done this. I think if you propose at a sporting event, and I know it's a little bit different because it's Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, and they've been the biggest story of the NFL. Like, I liked Ian Johnson, the Boise State. It's the one stadium proposal that I actually liked after he won the Fiesta Bowl with the stunning upset up against Oklahoma when he got down on one knee and proposed to his uh, girlfriend. That was cool. But 9.9 times out of 10, you look like a loser if you're proposing to your significant other at a sporting event. And I can't see how the significant other would ever find that romantic. Now, I get it with the on the field, after the game, all that stuff. But let's say the regular person, what do you have? Some guy that has a beer belly standing next to you in the stadium puking up his guts as you're getting down on one knee and asking your significant other if they'll marry you? You got like popcorn getting thrown all over you? It's just, I'm not big on the stadium proposals. Never have, never will. And I don't think the person you're proposing to is is great about it as well. And here's the other thing. like You got to know if, if the person's going to say yes when you're getting down on one knee. But I wonder how many times someone gets proposed to at a stadium. And because it's always a big deal and they always show you in the Jumbotron and there's always a crowd of people around you. I wonder how, how many times the gal just says yes and they get into a car and they're like, yeah, that's a no, like Randy Jackson from uh, American Idol. That's a no from me, dog. This ain't happening. Because imagine how much of, let me say this in a polite way, a not nice person you would have to be to embarrass the person that's proposing to you at a live sporting event and say no on the spot. And I even think doing so in a restaurant is a little bit much. Like, there's probably a a space where you could go and things like that. I think that should be more of a private moment. But to each his own, right? So, Stu, I'll ask you this, you being the the resident uh, Swifty of our show. That's right. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, are they going to one day get engaged. I don't think they yes. get engaged at the Super Bowl. That's plus 920, but you were, you're a believer in this relationship. Yeah, not Super Bowl, but maybe like a year or so from now. Yes, I, I do see that coming. And uh, like, I understand people that question the relationship up until this part, but when she's on the field with them after the game, crying, calling Ed Kelsey dad, uh, walking around with Donna Kelsey everywhere, they're uh, smoochy smoochy and on the field. She's pointing to Andy Reid. Like, you can't be pointing to Andy Reid and then break Travis Kelsey's heart. You can't do it. Carlos, you're shaking your head. You don't think that they're ever going to actually uh, get engaged? I hope not, because that breakup album is going to be lit. Well, if they get engaged, why can't they ha- live uh, happily ever after? Well, well, then no one's going to want to listen to that song. It's like, hey, everything worked out. Da, 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 da. No, you got to have the, the Travis uh, So you want this to end song. in the worst way possible. Oh, because you know how many Grammys she's going to win from that? I'm, I don't want listen. Do I want to wish ill on either of them? No. They seem mm-hmm. like pleasant people. So you're rooted in evil is what you're but telling me. But, yeah, I, I, I'm an agent of chaos. <laughs> you're I, a jackass. I, I love good music, man. So if you're telling me I can get a kick-ass album out of that, I'm all in for it. I'll sign up. All righty. Very selfish that I've learned about Carlos Ortiz. Carlos Ortiz doesn't want to see other people happy. He just wants to see them miserable to benefit yeah, his own personal satisfaction. All righty. Zach Gelb shows CBS Sports Radio. We'll take a break. We'll come on back. We'll update you some of the biggest stories in the world of sports with some audio. We will call it, as always, the news brief. But first up, with the latest CBS Sports Radio update, here he is, the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. This week's player is Chiefs defensive back, 
Legereus Sneed. His crucial force fumble in the beginning of the fourth quarter on Sunday prevented Ravens touchdown and gave Kansas City the ball back. The Chiefs as a team held Baltimore to just three points in the second half. All righty, time to update you on the biggest stories in the world of sports with some audio. Let's get to a news brief. Time for your daily news brief. We get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. So there was a lot of just bizarre reporting, and I don't know what was true and what was false with Kadarius Tony, but Kadarius Tony did not help himself over the weekend. So he was inactive for the AFC Championship game, and they were talking about an injury that he had, and he's been on the injury report. And then it also came out that there was personal reasons, and we found out that Kadarius Toney um, and his significant other had a kid. So, all right, you have a kid, maybe you're going to miss the AFC Championship game. Like, that's understood. But then it must have been hours before the AFC Championship game started because I'm in the press box, and all the media are like, did you see this Kadarius Toney video? Did you see this Kadarius Toney video? And Kadarius Toney, you you can't see him. Like, there's no video of him. But it's on his account, and I guess he was live, and he's just cursing up a storm saying that there's no injury. So, is this just like, don't get me wrong, the first thing that I thought of was maybe the Chiefs just don't trust him because he can't catch the ball. And I understand last year in the Super Bowl, he made two of the bigger plays in the Super Bowl, but this year he's been a disaster. And you know that Kadarius Tony always puts his own foot in his mouth. So maybe they're just fed up with him, but they know what the talent is, so they don't want to get rid of him. And it's not like the Chiefs have an abundance of wide receivers. So if you have an injury in the conference championship game, maybe you'll end up needing him in the Super Bowl. So this has turned into a whole lot of something. And, like, think about it. Andy Reid is a Hall of Fame coach, right? The last thing he needs to be dealing with is Kadarius Tony getting all caught up in his feelings. And when you're not producing and you're being a pain in the ass, that's a recipe for you not to have a job with the Kansas City Chiefs in short order, or quite frankly, like anywhere in the NFL moving forward. But here is Andy Reid yesterday saying Kadarius Toney actually does in fact have a real injury. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, obviously he's been on the injury report. So, I mean, I I got that that part as that's not made up by any means, but he's been working through some things and, um, he'll, uh, you know, he'll be back out there. Not all that convincing. Oh yeah. He, he's obviously, uh, 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 been on the injury, uh, 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 report, uh, 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 like what? Now I think part of that is just him being disgusted that he even has to answer these questions. But man, today's uh word of the day on this show is bizarre. Ben Johnson bypassing the commands of the Seahawks, bizarre. Kadarius Toney and his injury, bizarre. We'll see else what happens in a bizarre way for the next uh, two hours right here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, let's go to Andy Reid. He said the loss to Stu's Raiders on Christmas turned their season around. That was a good wake-up call for us. Um, you know, they came out with great emotion. Antonio had him ready to go and... Um, and but the, that emotion was the thing that jumped out at you that they played with, and 
um, I, I think it, it, it gave our guys, uh, you know, a nice little, uh, you know, for a better term, a wake up call um, that, that, listen, we need to, we need to step things up here. Things aren't just going to, you know, fall in our lap. Still actually feel bad for you. Here you are minding your own business, innocent Raider fan that you are. And now your team is the reason, according to Andy Reid, why they were able to turn their season around. And the Raiders were basically the Chiefs coffee to wake them up and make sure that the Chiefs end up playing that the way that the Chiefs usually play. Yeah, now they get to use the, the Raiders home locker room in the Super Bowl and all the, the Raiders uh, facilities and all that and probably win a Super Bowl in the Raiders stadium. Yeah, so the Raider 49er rivalry is nasty. Like, they had to cancel those preseason games because there was, like, shootings and stabbings for all those years. And I know you being a Raiders fan, you also hate the the Chiefs because they're your divisional yes. rival. But there is really bad blood between the 49ers and the Raiders. Yes. Who are you rooting for in this Super Bowl? 49ers. So, it's different for me because I'm not from the Bay Area. I think that's, that's part of it. And also the fact that the Raiders moved, I think, maybe lessens that a tiny bit. I think it's definitely the Chiefs are hated way more, though. Uh, 49ers are probably top five for, for Raiders fans, but I think Chiefs are number one for sure. Let's go to Justin Tucker. There was a little kerfuffle before that AFC championship game where Travis Kelsey in a bizarre way was kicking Justin Tucker's helmet and throwing it out of the way when Patrick Mahomes was trying to war, uh, warm up. Here is Justin Tucker after the NFC title game and his altercation with Travis Kelsey before the game. You know, for those that don't know, the way it works is each team's kicker uh, goes to the other team's uh, designated warm-up area on the field. And for me, it's usually about 90 minutes before kickoff. So um, I've been doing the exact same thing for 12 years. Never really had a problem with anybody. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, that's just that's just kind of the way, the way we've always done it and the way uh, kickers around the league have always done it. Um, you know, and I, I saw Patrick there trying to warm up and get some drop back. So uh, he asked me while I was on the ground stretching, like, if I could move my helmet. So I happily got up and I moved my helmet out of the way. At least I thought it was enough out of the way. Um, and then uh, Travis comes over and he just kicks my stuff and he throws my helmet. And I just thought it was all just some gamesmanship, um, you know, all in good fun. But they seem to be taking it a little bit more seriously. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm totally willing to let it all go. But... Um, yeah, I just wanted to explain that that's just, you know, what I've done for 12 years. And it's it's not like I'm out there trying to be problematic. I'm just trying to get ready for the football game just like they are. Yeah, I think Justin Tucker's actually in the right here. And I saw James Palmer from the NFL Network who's joined this show a bunch. He got the video and he put the video out there. And I quickly commented underneath it. I did the Taylor Swift line where it's what? Uh, Karma is the guy in the Chiefs as she changed the lyrics. What's the original uh, lyrics to that, Stu. Do you know you being Mr. Swifty? Carmen's the guy on TV. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. You could have told me anything there. I, I probably would just <laughs> shake my head. Yes. So I just tweeted underneath it. Bad karma is the guy on the Chiefs. Like clearly being a joke. I can't tell you how many meathead Kansas City Chiefs fans after the game were like, "Oh, how about the bad karma now? Look who won!" And I was just like, "Joke, you joke, flying right over the head." Uh, you just can't be funny anymore. That's what I realized. Here is Art Rooney II on what he thinks of the Steelers QB situation. This courtesy of Steelers.com. Well, I mean, number one, Kenny, I think we still believe in Kenny and think he has room to grow and, and look forward to, you know, the new coordinator, the new staff coming in and helping him uh, take that next step. Uh, 
And then, uh, you know, Mason came in and showed what he can do and really, I think, was able to show what our offense is capable of and uh, did a great job. And uh, so, you know, would love to have uh, Mason back if, if everything can work out. Yeah, when Mason Rudolph has made this into a conversation, that even gives me further proof that Kenny Pickett's just not that dude, okay? You can't tell me Kenny Pickett's going to be the franchise quarterback. You could say, oh, yeah, it was Matt Canada all you want. And don't get me wrong, I eviscerated Matt Canada on the air. I called for him to be fired like 9,000 times throughout the football season. But when Mason Rudolph makes a case to be the guy and the owner has to talk about it and your coach has to talk about it, I don't care what happened with Kenny Pickett. I know that's not the guy. And now they're hiring Arthur Smith to be their offensive coordinator. Deontay Johnson and George Pickens are going to lose their mind because Arthur Smith, all he had to do was run the ball and they would have won the NFC South. Instead, he tried to make Desmond Ritter someone that he's not. And he clearly annoyed Kyle Pitts, B. John Robinson, and then also Tyler Algier in the process. Here is Draymond Green reacting to Grant Hill saying he left him off the Olympic team because of his antics. When I came into this NBA, and I've publicly said this before, there was two guys I was starstruck by. One was Kobe Bryant, and the other one was Grant Hill. I grew up in the state of Michigan, Grant Hill, Detroit Pistons. And so I wish that he would have just said that to me, you know, if, if especially if you're going to say that publicly. And so it hurt me a little bit, like, from a fan standpoint as well. I'm a big fan of Grant Hill. And if I got a call because some guys drop off that list that's just unforeseen for whatever reasons, and then I need to fill a spot on that team, guess what? I'll be ready with my bags packed and go play in the third Olympics because I'm not too big to be second. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't even know if it's the antics. Like, I don't think it helps, but the juice just isn't worth the squeeze anymore, even for Team USA with Draymond Green. I don't think he's a great player anymore. I don't think you need him on the Olympic team. So last night, the Rockets beat the Lakers. Jared Vanderbilt got provoked, I guess you could say, by Bum Brooks, Dylan Brooks, but it wasn't even anything crazy. I think Bum Brooks, according to one player, called him the P-word. Like, I don't think that's a reason why you get a double technical and you, like, kind of pointed uh, Bum Brooks a little bit from Jared Vanderbilt. Here is LeBron James after the game. He doesn't want to talk about Dylan Brooks. We were here early in the year. Uh, we asked you about Brooks, and you said... Next you, question. Vando, uh, obviously got the ejection tonight. You've had... You know, Dylan Brooks has had his issues, so coming after you in certain ways. Tonight, again, he got hit, gained composure. How do you deal with that? How do you kind of talk to Bando about things like that that are going on in the course of the game? Well, he's got to be a better team. Uh, be, you know, he's got to be better to, to win ball games. Let's just be real. The Lakers suck. There's no other way around it. The Lakers suck, and they're a soft team. And how you allow, once again, bum Brooks to get under your skin is crazy. And then you also have the drama of LeBron James giving Darvin Ham the side eye, another coach that LeBron's just not going to accept, and he's going to want to get him fired. The Lakers are a mess. And how they still allow Bum Brooks to get under their skin is wild. Just absolutely wild to me. What a soft team, and what a weak team the Lakers are this year. All right, it is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. But hey, at least they had that midseason uh, championship that they won. Hang that banner. Celebrate that. You won a championship this year, so... What does the rest of the season mean? Absolutely nothing. All righty. Logan Ryan going to be playing the Super Bowl next week. 49ers from cruise to a Super Bowl. We'll get that story next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.